0: I hate complicated, time-consuming methods that take a 400-page planner to track. So I've come up with a very easy way to declutter anything. And it just takes three steps. Step number one, stop the paper coming in any way you can. Number two, put something in place that makes it easy to deal with the paper going forward. And then step three, get rid of what you already have. If you go to step three first and just get rid of what you already have without changing with the way you handle paper, without putting steps one and two in place, you're just going to have another big pile again next weekend. Welcome to the Sick Mom's Guide podcast. If my mom can do it, you can too.
1: Hi, I'm your host, Jen Hardy. I've got seven children ages six to 28, and multiple chronic illnesses. And I've started this podcast to give a voice to moms with chronic illness. Sometimes we talk about the actual illnesses. And sometimes we talk about ways to make our lives easier. Because let's face it, it can be really tough, trying to deal with illness and families and getting everything together. One of the things that really overwhelms me is paperwork. Trying to get papers where they need to go and do the things I need to do with them is really overwhelming to me. And that is why I was so happy that Sarah said that part of her organization series is going to be about this paperwork. I cannot wait to find out what she's going to talk about and how she's going to help me and you get it together. So without further ado, here she is.
0: Before I start, let me introduce myself. I'm Sarah Moore, and I've been eliminating chaos of one kind or another professionally since 1989. This week, I have been dealing with an overflow of paper coming into the house from junk mail and school papers for my daughter, who just started high school. Paper is one of easily one of the biggest sources of clutter in the home. You get home from work, you grab the mail on the way into your house, you drop it on the kitchen counter as rambunctious kids, all desperate for food and still wound up from their day, shove their way past. As they race past you, the kids drop their backpacks in the middle of the room, of course, And each thrust a fistful of brightly colored papers, always printed in comic sans. And you are left carrying an insane amount of paper all from one day. Although, to be honest, if your home is anything like mine, you have to go digging in their backpacks for the papers only to find out there are three things due this week because they didn't hand over the papers. And the biggest of them is due tomorrow. And you have had no warning at all. And where exactly are you supposed to get 30 cupcakes from before drop off tomorrow? And if you miss the event, you'll just get an accusing, it was on the flyer response from the school, when you pick up a balling kid because she missed out. At least that's been my experience. If your kids are small, you have all the artwork to add to the paper that comes into the house too. And I'm the mother of an artist, so every day of preschool and early elementary, I swear there were 10 pieces of artwork that came home daily, in addition to the papers and the flyers and the mail, most of which was junk. Each one of her artwork, of course, piece of artwork, was a treasure that couldn't be thrown away but had to be displayed. It's overwhelming, the amount of paper that comes into our houses these days. You get home wound up from your day too, but you still have miles to go before you can sit down and relax. You have dinner to cook, homework to help with, bath times, bedtimes, bills to pay, emails from work to respond to. The last thing on your mind is that pile of paper you dropped, especially as most of it is junk anyway. You're lucky if you remember it was there at all by the time you drop in front of the TV or into bed exhausted at the end of today. And tomorrow, you will rinse and repeat the same scenario, which is what I do too, (laughs) dropping the new papers on top of yesterday's pile. And by the weekend, that pile has grown to scary heights, and the last thing you want to spend Saturday morning on is working your way through all the junk just to find the bills because no one is excited about the bills. Paper accumulates daily on kitchen counters, tables, etc., and then it gets stuffed in boxes that get shoved in the back of the closets or in the attic or on the shelves, in the garage, or let's be honest, how many times have you just lifted the lid on the trash can and swept it all in without looking at any of it? Guilty, I know. Um, This household are big Harry Potter fans and I love the scene in the first movie when Harry Potter finally gets his Hogwarts letter and because hundreds of them flood in down the chimney and through the mail slot and fill the room much to the horror of Harry's aunt, uncle and cousin. That's what it can feel like some days as all this paper floods into our houses. Weren't we supposed to be living in a paperless society by now? Whether it's mail, kids, school papers, or artwork, or anything we pick up along the way, it can be an overwhelming prospect to declutter because we usually have so much of it coming into our homes daily that it can seem like you will never get on top of it. You drop the mail on the counter three days in a row without touching it, and suddenly you have a paper pile halfway to the ceiling with invitations, bills, and refund checks possibly hidden in the mess. But usually it's just bills. Um, and often days in this house, it's all junk mail. Um, just as decluttering with anything, though, including your weight, and I can do a podcast uh, episode on that at another time, it's really easy because I hate complicated, time-consuming methods that take a 400-page planner to track. So I've come up with a very easy way to declutter anything, and it just takes three steps. Step number one, stop the paper coming in any way you can. Number two, put something in place that makes it easy to deal with the paper going forward. And then step three, get rid of what you already have. If you go to step three first and just get rid of what you already have without changing with this the way you handle paper, without putting steps one and two in place, you're just going to have another big pile again next weekend. So let's go to step number one, stop the papers coming in. One of the easiest ways to go paperless with bills is is to pay them online. Um, Switch off the paper. Sometimes they will give you a discount if you do that. Um, But most bills can be paid online, which means you don't need to keep getting the paper, but also means that you won't get the bill lost in that mountain of paper and mispaying it. And most of the bills that you can pay online will also send you an email or text reminder when you're a few days and about 10 days or a week out from paying it so you don't miss it so it's like you know have built-in assistant if you go paperless with bills the second set of papers the school papers try and get your school to go paperless convince the kids school to email you the flyers or set up a reminder app that will ping you when stuff is due this one might take a little time to achieve but it is possible my Teenage daughter now doesn't come home with flyers at all. Um, And I believe middle school, if I remember correctly, didn't come home with flyers anyway. They emailed them to us. She still comes home with papers for me to sign at the beginning of school, but we're making progress there too. In fact, there was no back to school stack of papers to read and sign this year. They were all online in the uh, school's grading system. And I just had to read them there and electronically sign. It was so awesome because if you have kids in school, You know, that back-to-school stack of papers can take you an hour to get through. So most schools these days have the grading system. It's also uh, used for tracking attendance. It is possible for them to put the documents there and have them electronically signed. The the systems all have the ability to put the, the papers in there. The school just has to scan them and put them in. The third way to get uh, rid of the paper, come, stop the paper coming in, is to get off junk mail lists. Opt out of junk mail as much as possible by going to the link that I will send you in the show notes or put in the show notes and submit your info to reduce the amount of mail coming in to start with. You may have to do this every few years, but it's worth it just to keep the junk mail gone. Um, and I know I clicked on the link this weekend and I found you can even opt out of the unsolicited credit card offers using that link too. It's a government link so it's uh, safe and it does reduce the amount of junk mail coming in. So how do we do better going forward? Um, Ambush the paper at the door wherever it comes into the house um, is the way I have found to stop it taking over. If it never comes in um, or if most of it never comes in, then um, it doesn't ever get the chance to um, pile up. So in my entryway, I have a recycle bin, a shredder, and an action basket to deal with the mail as soon as I grab it and come it into the house. Um, incoming mail often piles up on the kitchen counters because there's nowhere dedicated to deal with it. So um, once it, it accumulates, it becomes a drudge to have to deal with it, so you just keep piling it up. So uh, as soon as you come in the house, you have, uh, I have a little uh, mail station, which is a little shelf, a four, four uh, cube shelf system that I got from Ikea. Um, I actually put my mail station together with stuff that I had around the house. I have the little four cube um, shelf unit. I have one of the baskets in it is uh, for recycled paper. I also have, a, a shredder that sits in one of the, the little cube spaces, so and a basket that sits on top for anything that has to action. So as soon as I come in the house, all of the junk mail goes immediately into the, the recycle basket. Anything with your, like the credit card offers, anything with your name, address, um, any financial details really should get shredded to protect your identity. So I have a shredder right there. So I can just shred them um, immediately. And the the little bucket on top, I put in papers that need to be actioned. And I action them every um, two or three days. So two or three times a week, I will grab these papers and and do what needs to be done with them. Um, So my Friday afternoon uh, cleaning routine includes emptying the, the recycle bin and the shredder. And by the way, don't simply put paper shreds in the recycle bin or they will blow everywhere on collection day and clog the machinery put them in the compost bucket or into a paper bag and scrunch up the paper bag to close it and then put that into the recycle. So how to deal with those school papers um, as they come in um, so that you don't end up, you know, with the adding to the pile and you don't miss the the, the, um, events. Uh, In early elementary classrooms, if you've been in there, you'll probably see baskets by the door or little people clips on the whiteboard. These are catchment systems for important papers. One will hold lunch money and another will hold signed permission slips. Some teachers use two baskets. Some teachers use a basket and a clip. Some teachers use two clips. I've seen, as a substitute teacher previously, I've seen um, various um, combinations of these. So if you ever wondered what those little person clips on the whiteboard are, that's what they're for. They're for um, catching important papers and they are different colors because each one will be used for a different thing. So as the, the morning routine that the kids all get used to is to enter the classroom, take off your coat and immediately put your lunch money envelopes or permission slips in the basket or on the clip where they're supposed to go. If your kids are using this routine in the classroom, it will be easy to adopt it at home. So, um, you know, it, it's a routine they're used to. They just may need a little reminder as they walk into your home to place the papers on the clip or in the basket or wherever it is you've decided that they want to go. Um, this is why at the beginning of school, that first week of school, there's no teaching done. All the teacher is doing is putting these little routines in place. And so it may take a couple of weeks of daily reminders of do you have permission slips? Put them on the clip. Do you have permission slips? Put them on the clip. As you come into the home, um, as they run past you, you know, come back, get your, your flyers, put them on the clip. And if you put that clip or basket on your mail handling station, you'll be able to glance through all the flyers and immediately recycle the ones you don't need and glance to see action dates on the ones that you need to keep. And if you keep a pen at the, your mail station, you can sign and return permission slips to the kids immediately. And that. Make them put them back in their backpacks in the uh, right folder within their binders, and that way they will get where they need to go. The only way I ended up being able to deal with all these papers was to mentally stop myself for, for a couple minutes when we got home and have a how was your day conversation at the same time as dealing with papers. Now my daughter is in the habit of our little routine and. Every time I say, and how was your day? She immediately goes to her backpack um, and pulls out papers if she has them. Um, It's just kind of like a mental trigger for her um, to say, you know, mom wants your papers. Um, And these days she doesn't have um, papers come back. They're all done online. So in the next episode, I'm going to talk about how you can streamline dinner to give you time and energy to have this conversation. But uh, for now, let's focus on getting rid of the papers um, and the other, if you have little kids, kids' artwork is one of the easiest, one of the biggest sources of, of, de, of clutter and one of the easiest to declutter and control. Younger kids seem to come home from daycare or school every day with at least one treasured work of art for you to display. If you try and keep them all displayed all the time, it can get overwhelming and make the place look an even more of a hot mess than it usually does. The rule in this house was always that artwork gets displayed for a week or until the display space gets filled up, be it the fridge or the wall. I mean, it was always one space, not taking over the entire house, one space for artwork. Then pieces, as pieces were taken down, they were put into a portfolio, and at the change of every season, we would sit down with the collection of artwork and pull out a couple of pieces to keep in the memento box. We have a, the School Memories album, which you can get on Amazon and, and most bookshops, which has a folder for each grade and a space for the child to record details of the year. So we would always choose a couple of pieces each season to go in there. That way it wasn't filling up the School Memory album too much, but it was also, you know, keeping a couple. Another option is to take pictures of with your, your phone of all these um, pieces of artwork and then create a photo book which will allow you to store hundreds of pieces of kids art all in a small space and to be honest when our kids get older all we do with this stuff is stuff it in a drawer um, or in a box and then it goes in the attic or the garage and we rarely look at it we rarely look at it again so having it in um either a couple of pieces in a school memory album or creating a photo book will allow you to look back and and hand over the photo books to the kids as you know they leave home and so that their kids can see them without le- sending them pile after pile after pile of paper <laughs> so it just it creates a little more paper but it's paper that's a lot easier to deal with so what do you do with all the artwork that you're not going to be keeping um if you declutter you know on a seasonal basis you'll still the artwork will be recent it won't be a year old and you can send it to grandparents or other relatives who would just love to have a piece of recent art from your child, especially if they live a long way away. Then they can store them on their fridge or display them on their fridge and feel like they're more part of your, your family life. Just don't end up moving all the paper clutter to, from, their house, from your house to theirs. You can, if bigger pieces of art I have used as wrapping paper for um, presents as well for, for grandparents and relatives. So, there are all kinds of uh, innovative ways you can come up with to move out the artwork and repurpose it and and pass it on to someone who would appreciate it. So, now that you have um, got control of paper coming in, you've stopped it coming in, you're dealing with the paper as it goes on, you have to get rid of everything that's accumulated on the counters and on the table. And um, that way, it just stops piles piling up so to make it easy um, if it ever gets out of control i just grab the basket of uh, mail or the pile of mail and stick it on the coffee table in front of the tv uh, you'll notice all my decluttering methods are often structured so i can watch tv without feeling guilty about wasting time um, so locate all of the piles of paper gather them together on the coffee table on the the, the kitchen table you know get make yourself a cup of tea get two boxes One for papers that are going to go straight into the file box, which will be a very small amount probably. Um, You know, the lovely folks at the Small Business Administration estimate that we never use about 80% of the papers that come into our homes, which is kind of in line with not using 80% of the stuff in our homes overall. There's a lot of clutter we can ditch. So why bother keeping them? I know when I decluttered my papers, I only kept a tiny fraction of what I had. And you'll be shocked at how little you actually need to keep. The other box that I'm asking you to get is for papers that need actioning. Most of these will be bills, which should be made paperless. Um, And for those that have to be handled as paper, and I have two of them, then you should set aside time in your week to deal with them so it becomes a habit. Otherwise, bills get missed. Um, You need to put discipline around the paper. You need to put discipline around the bills if you want them to get paid. you also want a shredder or a um, recycle bin for all the recycle, and you will find that 90% of what comes in is going to go straight in the recycle because it's all junk now. So the recap on this one is easy. Deal with incoming mail, school papers, and artwork as soon as it comes in and it won't build up. You immediately get rid of all the junk. Make it easy on yourself by having a paper station with a shredder and a recycle bin right where the paper comes in to catch it before it can accumulate. This may add a couple minutes extra activity to your day, but the stress of keeping it out is worth it. And like I said in my next episode, I'm going to share all the ways I make feeding my family fast, cheap, and healthy so that I have time in my day to, to create this disciplined routine of getting rid of the paper before it builds up. So thank you for listening and have a wonderful week. And I look forward to talking with you next week.
1: Wow, that was exciting. For the first time, I can't wait to go get through my paperwork. And I really can't stand paperwork. So that is a big feat, Sarah. Thank you so much for sharing all that with us. And thank you for listening. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. And I really want to get to know you better. So I am creating this group called the Chronically Positive Moms Club. And if you go to my website, jenhardy.net, J-E-N-H-A-R-D-Y.net, you can click on, there's a little thing about there about joining, click on that, pop in your email address. And as soon as it's open to everybody, I will invite you and you'll get my personal email when you do that. And you can email me and let me know how the paperwork is going and how the things from last week are going. And just in general, how you're doing. And then when you come in the group, you're going to meet an amazing group of moms that get together and talk and share what this is like and how they're making things better and what works for them. And I guarantee you're going to love it. And you're going to love them because it's completely positive. And I'm not talking about fake positive, like, oh, I feel great. I'm talking about a bunch of women just being nice to each other. And let's be honest, that's not always easy to find. So again, JenHardy.net. And I need you to know that my music today is A New Day by Scott Holmes, and that this episode is sponsored by the book, The Sick Mom's Guide to Having Fun Again. If I can do it, you can too. I wrote that book. There are 200 things in there to do when you have little or no energy. A hundred of them are things to do with the kids, and 50 of those are to do when you can't even get out of bed or off the couch to keep those relationships going. So Christmas is coming. I encourage you to pick it up because I did write it, but I also refer to it in my own life. So thanks again for being here. I look forward to talking to you next week when Sarah shares her meal strategies.